Welcome to Aunt Living, where we advocate for introspection while helping you break generational habits so you can grow. As always, I'm your host, Dave Clinton. About 20 years ago, I was in my bed and was watching a show called The Wire. So if you don't know, The Wire is one of those shows basically about how the war on drugs was kind of fought in Baltimore and the corruption that went around that. But anyway, I was watching the show. It's probably late, around 11. I'm like, you know what? I need a snack. So I jump up and I get a, a pack of Hostess. Not just any Hostess. I like the orange ones. Don't judge me. The ones with the little white cream inside. It's like yellow cake. Good stuff. So I get up. I grab a pack of Hostess. And a cup of whole milk. Come back to the room. And my wife's looking at me like, uh, you drinking whole milk? I'm like, yeah, it's from whole milk. It's what I grew up on. You always drink whole milk. And I remember asking me like, are you a calf? Are you a cow? Like, why are you drinking whole milk? That's just what you do. That's what you do when you have cakes. You're drinking your whole milk. Now I probably haven't touched milk in probably over like six, seven years. And it's something I would have never thought back then was even a thing I would entertain. It would be like blasphemy to talk about drinking almond milk. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I'm not drinking almond milk. I drink whole milk. That's what I drink. And the reason why I brought this up, because sometimes change is hard. You know, even if you're just changing your whole milk out for almond milk to eat with your cupcakes. And in this episode, we continue to talk with my friend Ben from The Art of Doing about politics and ethics and, and, and morals and how it's tough to reach certain people or even talk about certain things. And then we even go into a little bit about the third party and when and when not to vote for a third party. I've been railing about needing a third party or more forever. And if you start digging into why there's no third party, you'll see how rigged the game is and how both sides, uh, both sides, both parties, however you want to say it, are making that happen so that a third party can't come up. Whoever's in power, you know, so the Democrats now have control of the Senate. It doesn't matter if the Democrats or the Republicans have control of Senate. They both are doing all they can to not let a third party come in. To give you some perspective of what Ben's referring to, I'm going to read to you a piece from 538.com. And uh, keep in mind that this the last time that a third party candidate won was 1992, and that was Ross Perot. Take the case of Perot. He won 19% of the votes in 1992 which is the largest national popular vote share for a third-party candidate since 1912. But he didn't win a single electoral vote. In his best state, Maine, Perot lost by eight points to Bill Clinton. Perot's underperformance highlights the systemic challenge third-party candidates face in electoral college. All but two states give all electoral votes to the candidate who won the majority of the polarity of votes in that state. So for a third-party candidate to win electoral votes, he or she must win states outright, which Perot wasn't able to do in 1992. Well, interesting you say that, because you're going to probably look at me sideways. So get ready. I'm glad glad you're sitting down. Puff is actually starting a third party. I'm voting. And I vote third party. Every single time, unless 
it's something that I st feel strongly about for the candidate. You know, um, like what? I, like usually in a presidential election, okay. I don't vote third party. Um, because, well, not even usually. That's not true. I have voted third party in presidential elections. In a presidential election, that's close. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather, you know, lesser of two evils. If the lesser of two evils is going to get harmed by my vote going third party, then I don't vote third party. Okay, I got you. I got you. If, 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 that if, this, if the person's, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. If I'm stealing a vote from the person I'd rather have in, and it's an obvious, and I and I worry that it's close, then then I'm not doing for. And so, I live in Massachusetts. You know this. Um, Massachusetts is a very democratic state. There's yeah. certain races where the Democrats going to win. You know what I mean? Yep. It doesn't matter. I yeah. know that it's this is going to happen. So whether I like the Republican, whether I like the Democrat, I know the Democrat's going to win. That third party gets my vote every single time because I want, I want that voice to be heard of, hey, there's there's an alternative and the alternative is viable. I don't want a two percent turnout for third party. I want thirty percent turnout. So they say, oh, we we have to pay attention to what their platform is. Gotcha. Regardless of if I like the platform. So, in theory, are you keeping everyone honest? Are you trying to keep them honest? No, I can't keep them honest. They're not honest. What I'm what I'm trying to do is force more parties. What would be the end goal of forcing more parties? The game will be a little less rigged. Gotcha. A little gotcha. less. And and the way it's set up, it's so adversarial. It's so for you or against you. You know. You look at how senators vote and they vote party 90 something percent of the time. Me and you get along great and we agree on almost everything. But if there was votes for lives at stake, I'm pretty sure we would vote differently more than 0.3 percent of the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to disagree with it. Because right. then it comes down to different backgrounds, who, where you right. were raised, what, how I was raised, what we believe in. To right. Make what our current circumstances are, yeah. what, you know, the people we talk to, whatever, whatever the thing is. But when you just vote party because you're a party, you're not voting that because that's what you believe. You're not voting that because that's what your constituents want. You're voting that because you're trying to maintain your power by maintaining your party's power. Mm et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't be the, the lead of this committee if your party isn't the majority. So, you know, this is, this is, your, this is um, your career. So you're trying to advance your career. You're trying to keep your power. If you at your job wouldn't do things to get you not having your job anymore, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if it was, if your boss came in and said, hey, um, what do you think? Do we think you should, we should go with you? Or you think we should start putting some money into the pot to see if we can hire a new guy to take your job? Be like, oh, I, I got this. I can handle this. That money is better used on this, this, and this. You're, you would never do that. It's, 
I mean, neither would I. I'm railing against a two-party system, but I wouldn't do that. Nobody in their right mind would do that. Yeah. Do that. And yeah, that's not, why the two-party system isn't working. Mm. So it has to be some type of way of keeping it honest. Because, yeah. But it's probably not in everyone's best interest that, like you said, if there's money involved and there's people's jobs and livelihoods involved. Which is, all this is very interesting because that's what I just, I just did my podcast on this at the end of my podcast on where do we go now? Like yep. 20, 2020 is over and there's been some good things. There's been a lot of bad things, but there's been some good things that seem promising, but we kind of been here before where it seems promising we're on the cusp of change and then that dream gets stifled out. It gets snuffed out. <laughs> yep. So don't get, don't get too, um, don't, don't get too hopeful because it's still the same, still the same game. It's, it's one of those things where I say, like you said, how everyone's against everyone. And I feel like there's so much money invested in that. So it has to be that way. Like there's men versus women. There's different races versus different races. There's millennials versus, like there's so many different beefs that go on and someone is profiting from it. And yep. it's, it's based in fair and it's based in divide and we kind of know that. But a more important thing I think which is more important than all that is the cancel culture. And the reason why I say that, because it gives us what we want. Like it gives us that power. Like Ben said this, so he's canceled and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. No, he's canceled. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But what did we accomplish? Like, so for me, I feel talking to people or trying to talk to people or try to flip people that are on the other side, so to say, by kind of having conversations or, and I do, I do wild stuff. Like I might read an alt-right book. I might re read a neo-Nazi book because I want to know what their thinking is because I definitely feel like if you talk to somebody and you know what they're feeling or you kind of have an idea of their background, their thoughts and whatever, and you can relate to that, you now have an open door to have a, a conversation because that person just wants to be felt. Most mm -hmm. people just want to be understood. And I'm not saying all, and I'm not saying waste your time with people that are just not after a couple of conversations. I got but I, got I definitely feel in order to play, you got to know the rules. So the rules to me is kind of knowing what that person's ideas are kind of from instead of just canceling them, let's all send everybody in exile that doesn't think like me and they're stupid and let's not buy their stuff. And like, yeah, I agree with that too, but I also agree with. We, we expedite things if we can make adversaries out of people that people want to say you despise or you don't morally agree with. Yeah, there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said for understanding the motivations and the emotional um, push behind why people do what they do. That being said, I'm still for canceling somebody if I find out their motivations and their emotions are so not aligned with me, then you, you know me, I, I don't have time for a lot of people. So hmm. if I find, if I find out what the motivations are and, and I can't have a constructive conversation with you, then yeah. Yeah. You're, you're canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm, uh, I'm, not, money. I'm not I'm for the bandwagon. You, yo, the, this is what we're doing. We're not buying this. I'm not for that jump on the B 
because the people are saying it, because the people are doing it, then I just don't X, buy X, visit X, talk to X. But I'm also real for not wasting a lot of time and emotional energy on somebody or something that I'm, that I'm not going to get forward on. And when I say forward, I'm not talking get ahead, like get ahead of your job, but forward progress, progress understanding uh, some sort of positive movement. What would you think is a, it's a like I say, if you, I guess that's a tough question. Like if you was talking to somebody or maybe you, you were able to talk to somebody and we're able to change somebody's mind that wasn't on board. And here's why I feel it's more of a, it might be more of a statement than a question. It's a domino effect. So if you have somebody in your circle that's like, I'm hardcore this and I'm totally against what everything you stand for. And you thought this person was what you kind of aligned with. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know you had those. But then you flip that person, that person uh, that talks to five more people. It's because it's kind of like a pandemic too. Like if you mm -hmm. can flip that person and get some understanding, then the next person who's thinking that so deeply might be like, wait a minute, if this person just jumped ship, because I think I was watching Trevor Noah and he was talking to one of these alt-right dudes that he switched. Okay. And he was like, he, he posed such a crazy question to him, to me because I was like, damn, that's a real, I never thought about it. He thought from his side and he's like, how do you know what you're doing now is the right thing? You, you for how many years you've been in this alt-right group and you thought this way. How do you know now? How do you know now that you right switched way? out of the alt-right that you're doing the right thing now? Yep. Did, did he have a, a reasoned answer? He said that innately this feels right. He's like, the, the, other, the other way didn't always feel right. Like he was fighting against something. He was doing it because he was programmed, so to speak, to do it. Yep. But the innate feeling inside yep. him. That's funny. When you when you talked about him posing that question, I immediately in my head said, "Oh yeah, that's interesting. How do I know that what I'm doing is right?" And my my fir my first answer is, "You don't know. You never know." And then my second answer was, "Well, how do you feel about it? How do you, you know, the the old cliche? How do you sleep at night? How do you feel about your actions? What do you what what happens deep inside you?" Do you, do you feel like you accomplish a good thing? Do you have a good emotion from that? Or do you feel a little unsettled or unknowing or, yeah, yeah. So I, I like it. That's why I asked you, did he have a good reason to answer? Cause I, yeah, I like that answer. What did you like about the answer? That, that, that's how it feels an innate feeling inside. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so I could talk to somebody who has a diametrically opposed philosophy on something for me and there's there's a few things hold on that somebody that word man that you, you okay, get it. that's that's complete opposite okay that's a 20 dollar word all right go ahead so Di dia meaning two and metric meaning to <laughs> this, measure just drop that on me like i knew it meant. yeah yeah <laughs> completely opposite you know so if if you're pro-life and i'm um anti-abortion if yep. you're a republican i'm democrat if you know what whatever the thing is gotcha. the opposite and 
and uh, you know I'm arguing the merits and he he or she is arguing the merits and we're not getting anywhere and th there's a few things that that person can say to me that makes me say all right I don't agree but all right you know like as opposed to for instance if 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 you're arguing I don't know. I, I can't think of a good one, but there's there's a, so anyway. The the thing you can say to me is that that's that's what I feel is the right thing. That's what I feel is good for people. That's what I feel is good for me. That's that's what I feel brings me happiness. I have a real hard time arguing with that point. You know, if if you really have thought about it and you really. This is not just something you're repeating because that's how you were brought up. If you really thought about it, you say, listen, I think I think this is the way to go. How do you argue with that? Even, even though we're on complete other sides of the fence. Okay, I mean, okay. I gotta, I gotta give it to you on that one. Thanks for listening to the Art of Living Show. Subscribe to this show to be the first to hear new episodes packed with inspiring stories from those who've overcome personal obstacles, fears, and judgment to live their life with emotional intelligence. 